big dog. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Vibes Podcast. Vibes I'm your boy, Vibes. Davey D. This is to my left. It's Lebs. Wait. You may you notice. Call me Captain, please, on air. Specifically. Of course, buddy. It. Just call me by my fake Captain. Captain Nars- 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 Narcissism. Narcolepsy. <laughs> Fine, I'll say it. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I'm Dave. This is Captain Le Brizzle, as his account says. You may notice that Dill's not with us tonight. He is. Believe us. Don't don't ask questions. He's coming. <laughs> He'll be here. We in hope. his house. Who knows? He left. His girlfriend. It's her house now. Alright. <laughs> 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 hey, today we have a very exciting episode for you guys. We have a couple guests joining us on Too the podcast. Even. But before we get into all of that, make sure that you guys go to the Instagram, follow us, Bob's Podcast. Go ahead, check out us. Check out us on socials. Pick up the YouTube Vibes Podcast. We are on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, all the music in the world. But we're a podcast. Davey doesn't want to rap. And if you have a few extra bucks laying around, subscribe to our Patreon or our new thing, buy us a coffee. Buy us a coffee. It's not a literal coffee. Please don't think that's happening. But it's all in the bio. It's all in the links. Everywhere you look, link up, there. link me, sneaky link. What's up? Please. I'm I'm slightly nervous. We haven't done guests in a while, what? man. Yeah, no, I'm excited what for it. Lives? <laughs> Why did you say that? Oh, look who's back. <laughs> what? <laughs> so hectic. What? Shut up. Please. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I haven't had, I really, I'll be honest with you, this season I really want a sneaky link. Like on a real one. Well, like, like, I, don't, like, like I don't even know. Yeah, like summer. you don't even know. Bob's Boy Summer. The thing is, I, I always want that, but fuck, I, I tell you everything. Yo, dude, uh, as, as, as a one-second lull in our conversation, I'll continue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll literally be chilling like, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing this guy. <laughs> 100%. I think it's going pretty well. I'm just like, oh, and as soon as I tell you, it's... Uh, <laughs> even when I DM Hans, dude, I literally am like, don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone. And then I'll be looking at you and I'm like, bro, this <laughs> girl is annoying. <laughs> She's not even annoying, you just don't fucking talk about it. Have you had any video calls since we talked about video calls? Uh-uh. Oh, that's probably for the I've best. been getting messages. And I'm, um, as long I'm, as it's not video calls. Yes, people love video calls. Like, even when you had that whole thing about, like, we did the vibe check. Oh, when we did the vibe check and everyone, yeah, and everyone was, was like, everyone was loving it. Yeah, fucked up. It's so weird, man. Jesus. I feel like people always want to go for the most jarring thing. I don't know. Or the most pop culture thing. Like I posted on my story, dude. I don't think you understand. Like literally 80 people responded and were get like, garlic bro, bread. just go get the garlic bread. As you can see, I still have a dead trim. I have a bandana inside I was supposed to wear. I forgot. And now you can just You can see change with movie magic, man. Dull's good at editing. Dull's good at movie magic. Will Dull, who's not here, be willing to get my bandana for me while Davey asks me questions about my life? When did you realize that it was going downhill? <laughs> <laughs> what year did we meet? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Oh, god damn, bro. Oh, but I'm excited. I'm relaxing. Yeah, man. Oh, but anyway, back to the guests, guys. We've got some pretty exciting guests coming. We've got two guests this week's episode. So, yeah. believe it, we've been mazering mics all over the show. You'd swear we're running a flipping newsroom, which I love. Um, but I guess our film... Producers and directors, they are studying at Vits, I'm assuming, because that's where we found out from. But they're releasing a new film called Schizo. Yeah, so we're going to go get them on the podcast, ask them a couple questions about the film itself, you know, get to know them a little bit more. But yeah, something different for Vibes Podcast. 
I feel like we used to talk about films, so like it would be nice to not do it in a way that's absolutely fucking jarring. Yeah, because as well, I mean, remember our last flipping, our, our last film culture reference was when I was telling Dill about a movie I'd never seen with Tom Hanks being stuck in an airport. <laughs> and even before <laughs> Oh, God, this is going to go terribly. <laughs> They're going to hate me, man. <laughs> They're going to be like, have you guys watched a movie <laughs> like in this life? <laughs> uh, Dill's giving us a thumbs up, so. You too, know, buddy. Hey, hey, no, you live your life. Hey, buddy, fuck off. Anyway. When last was it just you? No, I mean, I know when, but... Yeah, that was a jarring episode, but I loved it. I had fun. We should do fucking chill vibes like that all the time, dude. No. When, was, when was the last vibe that you caught on a chill one? It would definitely have to be that night at Luke's house where we caught posties. Or is that what you say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that yeah, was chill. Yeah, yeah. Guys, we were coming out with a video as well called the Ten Commandments. We spoke about them. Well, Ten Commandments of Vibes. Well, something we spoke about them before and but you'll see it's gonna come out and just as a thing live life over the posties live man life dude dude literally we how many oaks buckled posties when when you all left saturday i did as was like full squad posties like, and can i tell you attendance. everyone is king so basically we're not saturday and i lebs had to go pick up his broski so i went and i wasn't drinking can you believe it old, old wavered over <laughs> here was the sober one fucked up um and so I drove everyone back and everyone was keen. Everyone was like, Craig's house, it's going to be mad. Bro, do people not start falling asleep? Bro. And it was... You know what it was? It's because your phone died. So you couldn't play beats. I was playing 2005 Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. That show was booming. Oh, that ass. It got and stuck. all fell asleep. It got stuck at one point. <laughs> your CD player is Bro. honestly fucking Sodom. No, I think, no I think it's the CDs. I mean, those things have been alive since... Since I've been alive. No, but yeah so they literally went and they were all there then i get i get to greg's house greg fully like looks at me and he's like you guys aren't staying here oh dead ass yeah fully this is like you're not staying here. i look at luke luke had just woken up because we got there he's like dave dave buddy please not now man not yeah. now that's so jarring jesus <laughs> carry on yes oh um Luke, Dave. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Cody's like, can I get in the front seat? I'm like, what, Cody, you think I'm taking you home? Of course <laughs> I was taking you home. Yeah, 100%. I went and, yeah, we just drove. Luke was, Luke was man down, man. Yeah, bro. Something. But I feel like the vibe itself. So we went out to Rosebank again, which is apparently the only place the Vibes podcast draw. Like, even when we went there, I was like, yes, yes, we've been here, like, a lot. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not, yeah. No, we'll no, no, Speak no. about that as to well. To be safe, though, think of a lock stock situation or something like that. We literally would have been around those ends. Yeah. Weekend after weekend, no question. Even Jollies. Deep how many times we went to Jollies? Every and Thursday, buddy. Every fucking Thursday. Yo. Let's go back just one time. I went there with Ty and it's not the same, man. At night? Yeah. Oh, but didn't you go? No, but... It was a yeah. Thursday. Even when we drove past it this weekend, we were driving and I was literally like, this place looks like Khatfor. There's a new place called Marley's on, on 4th Avenue. Uh. In Parkhurst. Yo, vibe check on 4th Avenue. I feel like it used to bang, but now it's just this, like everyone goes to the same place. I mean, okay, maybe I'm being biased because I don't go to like the Greek restaurants there. I mean, those places are apparently amazing, but like we never go to the restaurants yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, station apparently bangs. But if you think about it, I always thought 4th Avenue is like the best date spot. Ooh. If, I, imagine I, going on a date on 4th Avenue. You know, you said that, but I've never taken a girl, because I remember, like I've never taken a girl on, to 4th Avenue. 
Haven't you? Never. Really? Never. I think it's the best I date really spot wish ever. I could have that. Man. I feel like you could go from fucking Hudson's to fucking Paul's to everything. To Ayo, it's the boys. <laughs> Get involved, Jids. We're talking about fucking saddest shit. What's up, buddy? We've met like a thousand times, bro. I'm joking. <laughs> hey, how's it, G? Ah, right, calm, bro. How's it, Lev? Lev? Ah, nice to meet you, bro. How you guys doing? Oh, man. Happy, healthy. Can't complain. It's good. Thanks for having us. Oh, bro. Yeah, super yeah. excited, yeah. yeah um, thanks for pulling through, bro. Yeah, easy. We were busy getting on about where the best fucking date spot is in Joburg. So really? This is, is going to be a lot better. <laughs> yeah, this is probably going to be. We were scrambling at this point. Now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joburg's small, bro. You're always going to run into somebody that you know. Oh, 100%. Consistently. Yeah. yeah, both of you guys, you're from these uh, ends, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. grew up in Olivedale, oh, um, sure, so man. I've kind of been in the area my whole life, pretty oh, much. Man. Moved to Midrand briefly, and then we just ended up coming back this side. Oh, it always draws you back in, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, you guys are currently busy studying film, yeah? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Got oh, the man. final two months of our degree left. Oh, oh shit. shit. Yeah. What are you guys studying? Uh, it's called SAE. It's an uh, Australian film school. Oh, damn. Uh, based in Rosebank. They also have another campus somewhere in uh, Cape Town. Oh, damn. That's mm, hella yeah. sick. Shit, that's hella dope, man. And your film coming out now, is that like your <laughs> final year project? Yeah, it is. So what happens is that they, like the board of the school, the lecturers of the film department, they pick a, we all pitch our own individual films. And then they'll choose certain films that they want to be made because it comes out at a film festival and the, school adds some funding so it has some backing to it so then mm. after our initial school film festival they want to push it to every single film festival that they can in the country oh, just shit. kind of promote the that film is gonna and be hella like sick. yeah it's a great opportunity to kind of make your career before it even starts you know? yeah, yeah it's nice backing as well and the film is called schizo, schizo. No, could you run us through what it's what it's about and what it's like well schizo without giving away too much because i feel that we, we want to see the yeah, full yeah, thing <laughs> yeah. the cinema to watch it first so it basically follows our main protagonist, Alex. He's a schizophrenic that study that also suffers from DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder. So each one of the hallucinations he sees has multiple different forms of personality traits. Oh, geez, like. And then he's a criminal enforcer, so gets sent on this regular package collection job, hmm. day in, day out type of stuff, when all of a sudden his main hallucination appears to him. Now, uh, one thing you guys don't realize about coming up with the film is that every single character that you have they need to have a backstory they need to have motivation they need yeah. to have an understanding of why they're doing that even if you as the viewer are never going to see that yeah mm. it's like so you then, need that story behind everything exactly to work. so that main hallucination uh he's very envious of our main character because he feels he's better in every single way he can just do everything better and then he's very envious because of that so he goes and appears in the car he taunts him a lot and then our character then takes medication to suppress it. And obviously that's a standard thing, you know, that's what everyone does. But yeah. in this specific film, it's a massive, massive reason as to what's going to happen later on in the film. Yeah. Him taking that medication specifically to repress the hallucinations. Yeah. So then later throughout the film, I'm going to give you a long story short, more characters start appearing and then he kind of gets nervous and edgy because at the same time, now there's more obstacles entering yeah. his way of him, what he needs to do. Mm -hmm. And then that's all I'm going to say for now, because yeah. then it's going to give it away a little bit too much. <laughs> so you have to come and watch it to understand <laughs> the rest, man.
Yeah. So, like, keeping on the same theme of, like, backstory. So, how did you guys, like, come up with the concept and everything? <clears throat> well, we've been at the Varsity, so this is our third year now. Yeah. Um, in our first year, they gave us a five-minute short film that we had to create. Mm. So, this is based off of my five-minute short film. Uh, so, Let over here is in charge of sound, but also he's had a massive role with creative input. So, like I was telling him when we were pulling up now that... The past two weeks, since we've really been brainstorming uh, before our shoot, mm. we've come up with a lot of great ideas, a lot of reference films. We just found a very solid place uh, in terms of where we're going. Yeah. So it was loosely based off of that five-minute short film. And now we just keep adding on to it, adding on to it. And then that's how it became Schizo, I guess. Damn, mm. that is hella sick. Mm. How was the process? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, what was the process in making it like from the five minutes there into the full thing? Was it just organic or was it? Well, no. I think we can both agree that it's it's, not, <laughs> it's, it's a bit tough. Yeah, <laughs> pushed into it most definitely. Like, Jeez, like it mm. starts off as an initial project where, like, you know, you're forced to come up with an idea, and then now since you know we just were in love with the idea so much, we created a whole world to make a much longer film. Oh, and from my aspect, it was just. <clears throat> The, the first film that I made, obviously, it's the first thing we ever did as a filmmaker. So yeah. I was quite proud of it. Um, I love the idea, but the execution, obviously, my first year wasn't necessarily too proud of that. But yeah. It was an idea that was still lingering in the back of my head. So then when we got tasked this year, come up with an idea, I really did struggle at the time. I mm. was sitting there just shooting blanks, had no idea what to write yeah. down, what to think, anything like that. So then I went back, watched all my work, and then I just got stuck watching that uh, first five minute short film again and I just thought this is a really great concept why don't I just add on to it and then broaden it so now it's a 30 minute short film mm. so throughout that we've just kind of layered it over the mm. the months and we're just getting there now that is yeah, sick, absolutely dope. so <clears throat> the excerpt almost that you started with like would you say that that was like your main influence type thing pardon would you say that that's like your main influence in terms of like I know you have this new idea, so or the idea branching off of that idea. Yeah. But is it like, where did that original idea come from? Like the conception of that? Oh, the first five yeah. minutes short film. Uh, a lot of late nights. <laughs> a lot of late nights, just once again sitting there thinking, what can I come up? Um, the big influences obviously uh, come for me personally. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, he's like the. Uh the new age godfather of the neo-noir film genre. Oh, fucking love so it. So then a lot, I watched a lot of his films and then they're incredibly dialogue-based. And yeah. that's one thing that I felt I had a strength in compared to other filmmakers and different aspects of filmmaking. So I wanted to create a, an experience, not really a film, a short little experience where you feel sucked into a conversation. No. Not necessarily like I'm going to watch a film. So you just go there, you kind of feel like you're just a fly on the wall while this whole crazy experience is happening. And then I just sat there one night uh, because I struggled to write during the day because life is very busy. You've mm. got so many things that you need to do. So then later in the evening, you can actually just sit there. You can come up with your idea. You have time with your thoughts effectively. Mm. So I just sat there and then I thought of the small things that have affected me, like things that I enjoy. Uh, for example, Star Wars, Coca-Cola, um, and then chose aspects from the films that I liked and I just kind of merged them all together and then the dialogue just came out and then once I had about four different types of conversations written down mm -hmm. I came up with the original story of okay 
let me make it these guys meeting here in this specific location and then that's how it came to be oh that's so yeah. that's a draw from inspiration like that mm. yeah i feel like as a i i'm far removed from the filmmaking world but like from the five second youtube video <laughs> bullshit i feel like i can relate almost in that like at night time you literally just have that time to like sit with your thoughts and just be like okay how do i make this work with this and how do exactly. i make like literally those like random bursts of inspiration it's always so like hectic when like you have to write it on a memo pad during a day and then yeah. like quickly like one or two words and then like <laughs> i'll revisit this later <laughs> yes yes you're spot on with that man mm. completely and so you're obviously like the yeah. main writer and then i i'm the writer director producer okay and then, and then let as well as sound 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 as well sound, yeah. Yeah. oh fuck that's a whole new fucking yeah yeah <laughs> well, that's one thing by itself i mean like i mean going off of what he said about um you know the whole story being dialogue driven sound is very important in this mm. aspect because it's like we want to create that suspense and really mm. draw our audience in so like yeah. it's, it's a real exciting project for us so are you also being in charge of sound is it like also music production or composition or um no it's more like um creating the cinematic world mm -hmm. so it's um every any and everything that you hear within the film is, i'm going to compile that and send it off to an engineer for us to actually have that aspect of the film come together oh yeah, yeah. and i feel like with the style of film that you guys are filming it must be like so important because i know as you said it's very dialogue driven but i feel yeah. like those nuances of sound as well are just so important yeah yeah, especially the specific soundscape that we have. So the entire film takes place in one underground basement parking lot. Mm. And let's struggle is that often with that, with the different types of microphones we use, whether the production design is um, full or not, whether you have um, lots of items placed everywhere, set pieces, um, mm. objects, anything like that, mm. that the sound waves bounce off of that very differently mm. compared to even if you have an empty um, an empty basement parking lot because then you need to deal with the reverb so that's what his struggle is mm -hmm. at the moment of having to figure out where's the mm -hmm. best positioning for the microphones to make sure we don't hear it bouncing off the roof bouncing off the wall Shit. and then coming back at us yeah. it's in the constellation for the year that we've been doing this pod sound has been our pure enemy every yeah, single at every single outlook every single time we're like oh let's get the studio and we're like we love it we love it and then like we're doing it like inside those thing everything was echoing it was just like this is hell so yeah. I, I i level with you i understand with that, it completely uh, first year short film yeah the shots and everything i was watching it on my laptop after oh this is so clean man i'm the next quentin yeah. i'm so excited about this so I, I hate i hate <laughs> that thing i would and then you plug your earphones oh. in and then i just heard everything and i just thought I'd rather shoot something on my iPhone right now. <laughs> no. yeah. you know, can, can I just say something from the background here? Being at, so I went to AFTA. I don't know if you know this. No. So I was at AFTA and I went through film school, got a degree. Thank goodness. But uh, <laughs> what I wanted to say, fucking sound, dude. I feel like as film, as a medium, it is fucking wild how a shit sound can ruin a whole film. Like, I love how he says that without then, a mic even. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I promise, I promise I'll level with you. Anyway. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, he's spot on with that. It mm. completely makes or breaks your film. Mm. You can have the best DOP director of photography, so he's in charge of the cameras and everything like yeah. that. The best lighting guy, best directors, best team. But then if your sound guy stuffs up, it's the first thing you'll instantly notice when you start mm. watching something you'll hear what was that crackle what was that pop 
Mm. And it takes you out of the whole. Takes yes. you out of it the whole you can time. Hide that. Mm. You can't. That's mm. another thing. Like in all these uh, CSI shows and everything like that, they say, "Oh no, just uh, remove that sound from the audio." Oh, then it's clear, and they hear what the yeah. villain has to say. You can't do that in real life. Mm. No, that, that's, that's not how it works. Right. That is the sound you have. You can't isolate a single noise, and if you do, it's just gonna mess up the whole audio clip. Yeah. She's like, were there any struggles that you had like during the film, like with that, where it's like with the exterior like noises and things, or even just with, like film? So like, the shooting actually takes place tomorrow. Oh, um, sure. it's the beginning of our shoot week. Oh, oh damn! I thought you guys. Are, oh, this is gonna no, be so no, no. sick. Yeah, so oh, we, you guys are probably on stress time right now then as yeah. well. We had our final production meeting today, uh, yeah. early on today, so a little bit nervous, but yeah, I think with the concepts we've come up with, the team that we've built and mm. every single individual aspect contributing towards this massive goal that we have ahead of us, mm. I think we'll get there. No, it must be so nice to be like from that point in your first year with that five minute short film to be at this point because I'm sure like the preparation and everything is on a whole different it's medium. Completely, like that first year film, you just plan it for five minutes. No, yeah. yeah. now it's okay. literally just like you guys have it. everything <laughs> done. Like, mm. <laughs> problems with equipment and then we don't get budget like now i mean it's 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 insane the amount of resources we have at our hands now to actually make something we feel very passionate about so that's the excitement we have right now to create this that's film. so sick yeah i was even saying today funny enough like i was we were talking about studio and stuff and i was just saying the unfortunate thing with life is money equals like not success but in the sense like quality it just makes everything easy yeah no it's just like we have the budget to finally be able to like make this vision a true thing yeah because it, focus yeah, it's yeah. an easy concept to think of okay mm. let me just go out and shoot this but at the same time that's a great um mindset to have mm. let me just go out and shoot that but at the same time you're going to need some money yeah. unfortunately mm. to put behind it because your production value is what most people look at yeah 100 yeah. percent. so in terms of like your guys studies and that do you get to specialize or does everybody kind of have to fall into a role well we, we didn't really have options to specialize anything. I think after <coughs> you can choose to specialize, yes. But mm. with SAE, um, it's just a, a very broad degree. So yeah. it kind of, we do absolutely everything involved with filmmaking. Even, mm. um, what was the? Motion graphics. The yeah, motion graphics. That's terrible. Oh, so in terms sure. of animation. Research methodology. There's like literally everything that goes into Even set building. Yeah. We had Production to like build sets and everything <laughs> like Jeez. that. So they teach us everything they can. Like you said, give us the resources, give us the tools. And then yeah. when we graduate, then I think that's that. They leave it up to us to decide which route we want to go. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And then with like, the obviously the filming and all of that, how do you guys decide who does what? Well, it's kind of, up for debate amongst yeah. the the actual group chosen so mm. the thing is so it got, my film was the one that got chosen so naturally i would like to direct it if somebody yeah. came forward yeah. and said i'd like to direct it with you we'd have the discussion and then every member of the team that then got selected for our film would then come up to us and say okay i prefer to be cinematography i prefer to be sound yeah i prefer to be an editor so then mm. you kind of all have your niche individually yeah. and we play to that aspect we want to play to your strength Oh, that's nice. on top of that i think um when working on a film you kind of want to strengthen every aspect of the knowledge base mm -hmm. so for me every film we've worked on i wanted to get into you know every single part of it like um last time we made a film i was into the production design mm -hmm. now i'm into the sound and then you know it's like i just have a background of everything and just to mm -hmm. improve in that aspect that's gonna be sick yeah 
for you guys like after you guys done studying do you have anything like any main focus that you want to do like do you want to stay in directing <clears throat> and um yeah unfortunately <laughs> I, I feel like that's a hard life it's a hard life man. i say that unfortunately because you go to anyone that starts a film what do you go oh no i'm gonna direct man no. I'm gonna, so unfortunately yes i want to stay in writing and directing because mm. i love the aspect of coming up with the concept but also being very hands-on and saying okay this is the way i want my concept being no. made, you know mm. please can we all kind of play towards my vision we all once again play towards our strengths uh, man management asset management everything like that yeah but unfortunately i don't just walk in and say hey i graduated now i'm, I'm the director in this part got lots of years to come but that is the end goal mm, nice mm. and you let you don't want anything to do with directing no <laughs> you saw the road you're like i've messed up my life no, I'm out, man. <laughs> no but I, I definitely do want to get into directing music videos though that is uh, my, yeah that's my number one that's oh. a niche that i feel people don't give enough respect they don't give enough respect like we that. we went and there's who's that um guy that does all the grime videos oi caleb dennis yeah this guy he's like we watch a lot of grime videos and music videos and like the stuff he does there it's just insane like the attention to detail with it is insane yeah you know what i think i think looking at south africa as a whole there's like not so much a demand for the more grand music videos where there's a mm. deep narrative it's more like swimming pool ah you know uh, <laughs> the, the, girl, the girls and hearties they're in that they're in that oh. same house that they always oh, rent you know? <laughs> every damn time you rent out a big mansion in Bryanston, yeah. and you're like hey bro have fun uh, everyone's in bikinis uh, that's how it goes you could even be like a flip like if you're short straw and there's probably just girls there even. do you have any like inspirations for like your music video direction um a lot of it's taken from film and photography uh one of my biggest influences right now creatively is nick knight Okay. He's a UK photographer. He does a lot of fashion photography. So that that whole he just blows my mind every time I see his work. So yeah, mm. he's got some good yeah. quality. Yeah. Mm. Well, at the same know. time, hopping on to what Ned said with the music videos and not needing a narrative is you have so much stylistic play. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, possibilities are endless as long as like the song can be playing in the background. I don't need to sing along to the song yeah. at yeah. all. I can once again just have a pool. You can get some crazy cool shots. And yeah. You literally have the world at the palm of your hand where in terms of a film, it's not as free as you think it is. There's a lot of, mm. um, you need to listen to your producers first of all. If the producer doesn't like it, sorry, it's got to go. It's not going through. Yeah, it's got to <laughs> go. They're the boss. And you've got to stick to your narrative, your structure. If you want to sometimes be a little bit too creative and do something out the box, it's a great idea as a concept. But then when you put it in with the film, once again, it takes you out of that narrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you watch it and then something happens and it completely ta- ruins the immersion and therefore the overall um, narrative themes that you want to come across just doesn't Get fail. lost, basically, yeah. yeah. Mm. What are some of your, like, film inspirations? Like, what, like, what was actually the thing that made you go, fuck it, I actually just want to pursue this? Like, for a life in film, a life in directing, like, being a creative. Because I feel like for most people, it's a very fucking hard decision to make. Especially because, like, the industry is so, like, tough to get into and shit like that. So what made yeah. me realize um, was an engineering degree. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's always those ones, right? Was it a tax engineering yeah. degree? Yeah, it was oh, an engineering course, degree. Yeah. And then I just thought, you know what, I'm going to hate every single day of my life if I carry on doing this. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I went home and I thought... I don't want to have this conversation with my parents. Mm. But so I'm going to... still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Sound engineering, <laughs> kind of, maybe. So, 
I realized I had to have that conversation with them, but I can't just go empty handed and say, listen, I'm dropping out. Yeah, you at least had like a, you needed so a back thought, What's the one thing that I've always loved? And I just pondered for days and days and days. And then I realized, oh, wait, no, that's actually quite an easy. Luckily, I had friends at the time who were also studying it after, and they would always tell me about what they're doing, took an interest to that. But then I realized every single time I would need to study or come home from school, varsity, anything like that, first thing I do is just switch on the TV. Or why aren't you studying for exam? Oh, watching a movie yeah mm. and then that's when i realized you know what this is actually what i love i kind of have a really good knowledge base about it so let me pursue it i can study it so let me do that and then mm. lucky enough they back me oh hey, that's, that's, awesome, you? that's beautiful so i think it's on the same road like definitely everything i was doing was just watching films like i wouldn't study at all mm. when i was in school like i'd pretend like i was <laughs> but i'm watching a series <laughs> or a movie on my laptop <laughs> yeah. and like that's just the thing that brought me into it so that's why I studied film. I feel like there's not much to say to it. It's just no. why not, you know? Has mm. studying film kind of ruined movies for you? Like not not Never. ruined movies, but in that sense, like made you overanalyze it when you're just like, I wish I could just enjoy this, but now I literally have to look at everything. Because Dill, one of our biggest yeah. problems with Dill is that he will go there and oh, I'm so stop. We just gotta re-record. Bill acting like he knows cameras. <laughs> 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 Let me throw Mirrorless. I've heard a red camera before. Now I realize, okay, I'm sitting on the other side of the camera and I realize that my degree would help in this conversation. <laughs> Quite a lot. <laughs> no, because I was, I was thinking like, um, like when you guys said, how did you get into film? I feel like for me, it was super organic uh, yeah. and it was super weird. Like, because we were doing YouTube in, uh, in high school and we fucking loved the medium as well of just creating like content yeah. um, before it was TikTok and all this other bullshit. But uh, yeah, hey, our main man. platforms love it too. <laughs> Tell it it's bullshit. Yeah, so like for me, it was super organic. I just remember like watching, just watching the medium and really like feeling in love. Like when you watch a series or fucking movie um, and it was just, it was fucking beautiful. Like you just wanted to be involved in that shit. Yeah, um, completely. Yeah, and it was, it was awesome, man. Like it really, like I, I use my degree every day. Like I'm in marketing at the moment, but it, it literally has been like the wildest fucking ride and it's fucking awesome. So like I'm, I'm, it's so cool. Like, like I, it, you're giving me fucking flashbacks to after days when I was doing my own film and stuff and it was fucking terrible. Um, and all the <laughs> shit things that come out of it, but the film always, like you're just always so proud of this thing that you've made like from scratch. And it's just like, like it's fucking this awesome. is mine at the end of yeah, the day. Exactly. Whether it's good or bad, like you, you'll always be a little bit disappointed. But you look at it at the end of the day, and precisely like this is what I've made. Like, yeah. Well done to me. Yeah. Exactly. You, you feel so all the blood, sweat, and tears, eh? Yeah. Like it just comes together at the end. Especially on last year's shoot. Yeah. <laughs> There's <laughs> a lot of tears. On last year's <laughs> shoot, <man. laughs> Not for myself. Oh. <laughs> so the sleep deprivations, like ah. Oh. Yeah. Conflicts of interest, man. There. You name it, it happened. Last year's shoot. So the, I wanted to ask earlier. We, we were talking about your motivations. Um, I was telling them earlier when I read the synopsis of, of your film. Um, there's a film called Identity. I don't know if you guys know it. It's a I've very old it film. So it's, it's also like it's multiple personality disorder is the, is like around the the uh, synopsis. But like, so it, it tackles kind of like the same type of thing. And uh, it's it's one of like the coolest fucking things. Like if I could say go watch a movie, actually to everybody, just go fucking watch Identity. It's fucking amazing. Um, but it's it tackles schizo. watch schizo first watch schizo then identity <laughs> no but serious like if, if you're into the, the psychological part of it like what is the genre that's what I also wanted to ask yeah, it's like, a psychological neo-noir thriller yeah. neo-noir neo 
Neo Neo Noir. Oof, yes, try. So is it, wait, Neo I like black and white. Uh, this one is actually being shot in black and white. Okay, amazing. Yes. It doesn't have to be black. I know, I know. I'm just, I, know. <laughs> but no, I just had to ask because it might be. <laughs> yeah, but we are playing on the classic trope of noir cinema. So, like I said, Quentin's the godfather of the new age form of uh, noir, which is neo noir. So, it's just a basically new noir, mm. okay. means, respectively. So, then we came up with the idea we were struggling with colors because we wanted to give each and every single one of the identities a different color that represents a different mood, a different emotion, things like that. But at the same time, we only have gray to work with in the background. In some aspects, that can really help because those colors pop completely. And in other aspects, it just looks too jumbled. It looks too colorful for what the characters need to be speaking yeah. about. So then we came up with the idea, let's just do it a black and white. If need be, in edit, we'll highlight individual aspects of the clothing to give a color motif. Oh, like almost like a Sin City situation. Literally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be sick as hell. So each character will have a motif of their color representing them we'll see in the edit if we'll do that but so far it is just going to be a black and white film that's awesome man yeah it's gonna be so cool as well because even when i remember when i watched sin city when i was like young i was way too young to even understand what was happening but (laughs) as well that mood just played through completely with the black and white like you're almost like in that in that mood from the get-go so it's nice like building as well it's something completely psychological (laughs) you don't Mm. even realize it but at the same time it's just preying on those emotions it's just designed perfectly to do that Jeez. that's what it does oh, and right. gotta give quentin a shout out he also helped make sin city he directed a little bit his writing partner was one of the people involved so it's a, yeah. a fucking amazing film amazing like, really really Completely. good what's your favorite quentin tarantino film inglorious bastards oh love it yeah. it's so sick yeah. yeah it changes every day but i have to go back <laughs> i have to go back to pulp fiction yeah the dialogue in Pulp Fiction for me is literally what just makes that movie so fucking amazing. Because it's, it's like I don't I don't know what it is about like old school movies that feel like I don't know how to describe it. It's like an emotion that the, the dialogue in that movie brings out almost. Mm. Like it feels like these people are very <laughs> tangible. Yeah. Like you yes. can see like they like like you were saying their backstory and like they look seem like they could exist outside of that world. Yeah. So not like in series where like characters get a spin-off but it's like it doesn't feel like it feels like you're this exact same person but just in a different situation not like you're somebody who's had this life and going through something else also mm-hmm. as well and evolving yeah. like on and the screen evolving, yeah mm-hmm. and learning yeah. and shit like that yeah yeah a lot of character development as well mm. how long is the film uh it will be 25 to 30 minutes oh okay yeah so it's a big step up from five minutes. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> so. That's fucking long. I feel like in, I'm trying to remember what our minutes were, but I don't think we went over like 12 minutes. I think my final grad form was 12 minutes. So really? I can't even fucking imagine doing 30 minutes. Yeah, so I'd cry. First year, five minutes. Second year, 15. And then third year, 30 minutes. Jeez. That's fucking, that's long, eh? Yeah. yeah. It is but fucking long. The reason that they also want that. Sh- I don't know. I'm a fucking sailor. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you know me, bro. I'm fucking fuck. <laughs> Take this fucking mic. Fuck's sake. Fuck. How long, how long are you guys planning to be shooting for and everything like that? Like, what's uh, the process of shooting and then getting into editing? So we have seven days to shoot. Yeah. And then on set, we'll have somebody acting as a DIT, called a digital imaging technician. So mm-hmm. they, but also as a data wrangler at the same time. So they deal with a lot of the data, the footage, everything. The second our roll or our memory card is full, we take it out, replace it instantly, give it to them. They drop it onto two separate uh, hard drives and keep it on the laptop as well. So... 
one hard drive goes in that direction, one hard drive goes in that direction, and then some person holds the laptop in, just in case something happens so you don't lose your footage. Mm. Has that ever happened? Yeah, last yeah. year. Oh, I would oh. cry. Jesus, that must be so stressful. Like, like I said, everything happened last year, shoot. Uh, luckily, Definitely we, didn't, we didn't lose too much, but we lost very pivotal camera angles. Mm. We oh. don't know where it went, but they, the footage just wasn't there. The metadata wasn't there. We couldn't find it at all. That is so So, so we had like a whole five, six minute conversation, but only one angle. Mm. No cutaways, nothing oh, like that. And then you're like, no, it's artistic, I promise. It's <laughs> 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 what we made. No choice. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times we try to do that. You just don't understand the way we yeah. want yeah. to do it. <laughs> oh, God damn. But mm. the reason that they also wanted the 30-minute format is because of film festivals. So we mm. can actually submit it to film festivals. Yeah. One thing that they also spoke about, so school hosts a film festival, which is also kind of a third-year graduation. Yeah. So it's pretty much homage of all of our years because even in second year, you actually plan and develop the film festival. The second-year students run the film festival oh, for yeah. the third years for their graduating films. They yeah. invite industry professionals to come through. Then afterwards... The film gets sent to the NFVF, National Film and Video Foundation. Then through there, it can get sent all over the world to every single film festival that will accept it. And like I said, once again, to make the career before it's even started. That's going to be so, this is such a nice back, like thing to, not, what's the word? Thing to push off on, I guess. Yes. I'm trying to figure out the actual word for it, but it's going to be sick. Yeah, it's a great way to start. What the hell? <laughs> Did you say Six. Six. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are you? He's going around with sticks. That's the reason why he was behind. Yeah, I get <laughs> oh damn! But yeah, I feel like that's like such an exciting, like, career trajectory. Like, just a yeah. platform to like. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know the word either. Hey, this is spring off. Leverage spring off. your form. Yeah, yeah no, no, I see what sick. you're saying. Though. Yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah, yeah. the. I will get into it when I figure out it's going to come there. Yeah, I won't. But, but for you, uh, you, do, you go. Yeah, but with that, a lot. do you guys, like, from inception to, like, all the shit that's gone on in between, what's your guys, like, like, what are you looking forward to? Like, what is the, what is the dream, essentially? Oscars. Oh, oh. Oscars. Here's <laughs> boy. Oh, we love I sound it. like a classic... Yeah. Cliche, the no, is, I think you need to. to direct, you can't be to, pessimistic, yeah. pessimistic about when it. You got to be. But I agree. Just remain optimistic. Mm. Moving to Cape Town in Jan to pursue the dream. I literally was actually asked, like, do you think there's a possibility in essays, like film business, where you could be getting Oscars or like even recognition? Recognition uh, that the American. Definitely Cape Town. Yeah, Cape it? Town's the place. Is it? Mm. Like people yeah. don't even realize how many films actually go through Cape Town. Like yeah. even though. It, it's a relatively known one, but also relatively unknown. Uh, mm. Some of the Avengers movies, scenes were shot in oh, South yeah. Africa. And mm. Yeah, the one where they're in Joburg, I remember. Yeah, oh. People have no idea, but there's so many high-budget films and even series that come through Cape Town. Netflix recently, I was earlier this say. year, pumped in 900 million rand as well to the industry as Jeez, well. Oh, wow. Um, the Resident Evil Netflix series was shot in Cape Town as well. So they have massive opportunities and formats and everything like that for you to traject your career onwards, move overseas. So through South Africa, I definitely feel that Cape Town is the doorway to the rest nice. of the world. Mm. That's going to be super exciting, man. Yeah. Jeez. I feel like Cape Town Loki is like the I'm creative sorry. capital. You hate me. I love it's you. Like the creative <laughs> capital of Joburg. Like if you want to do anything creative, I feel like Cape Town's the place to do it. No. Yeah, but it's it's yeah. slow though. It was really slow to get. Uh. I mean, I only noticed it this year that if you want to make music, Cape Town. 
mm-hmm. gonna make films, Cape Town. Mm-hmm. That's just the hub for everything. Yeah. But the money's here in Joburg. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. My thing is, you never go to Cape Town to make money unless yeah, you are in like full creative. Yeah. But yeah. But oh. also, the thing is, it's it's been like a slow transition over the years, but everyone is always at one point moving to Cape Town, whether mm. they know it or not, especially in the creative industry. Yeah. There's just so many people, like you said, um, building on that. There are a lot of creatives down there and the creative culture that they've built down there mm. is, I find is brilliant. Not mm. saying anything bad about Johannesburg's creative culture. We still have an awesome one up here, but down there, there's just more possibilities. Mm. So you just got to follow it. Yeah, most of the production companies are out in, in Cape Town. Yeah. yeah, so, uh-huh. yeah. And would you guys ever consider the jump to the the States, the UK, the all I mean, of those high-budget places where the industries live? If it, It's effectively the dream. So if it comes knocking, you're yeah. pretty much going to answer it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. As much as I wouldn't like to live in America... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's always that thing. It's like, do I really, do I want to actually go there and just I'll deal just, with I'll it? I'll work there and then come back. Yeah, yeah but yes, no, definitely. If the opportunity comes, I'll definitely take it any mm-hmm. day of the week. I feel a bit different about that. I feel that this industry, especially you, up and down. So like, where you live is really, you know, it's not really a big deal because mm. you're already on the move every single time. You live in places for more months at a time when you say that yeah but also like they they've taught us before is that the problem is what a lot of people try and do is obviously american cinema is one of the biggest influences in the world so people always think um movies america so they try and write american styled movies Mm. but the thing is you play to what you know Mm. so you need to write things that are based in like Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. You need to write with people from that are South African, everything. That's pretty much how most of these directors actually get their jump to Hollywood is because they look at the um, the national box offices and they see that these movies have done incredibly well nationally and they've even broadening to an international audience right now. No. Mm. So that director and team or whatever has clearly done something really well and they've understood exactly what they've needed to do so mm. let's bring them here to allow them to have the opportunity to use broader horizons yeah. and that's when they'll focus on making a bigger type of production differently the thing is you just you can't write about things you don't know because at the end of the day no. you don't know them mm-hmm. yeah. it has to be honest all the time yeah. Yeah. yeah do you guys have you ever tried to like write for something where you could feel like actually this isn't going anywhere this isn't for me this isn't almost every day dude <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like constantly coming up with cool ideas, I quickly jot them down in the memo, and then I try and place them together. And then I realize just no, okay, that one's a, a complete write-off. That mm-hmm. one I'll keep for two years time or something no, like that. No, my creative is in a whole different space. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it happens more often than not. There's like 99 things you don't want to do, but then there's the one thing that you do want to do. Yeah, so. that's nice. And on your side, same thing. Yeah. Also, I think with you know doing film and stuff like that your own voice is just so important you know and mm. trusting that because a lot of times it's going to be like oh this is cool and everyone's you know enjoying that but when you get into your own thing where you're like yeah this is where i want to go with everything now that's like trusting mm. your own voice is so important to me that's the thing is when your best work will come out because i think yeah. if you're there struggling the whole time trying to make whatever everyone wants you're <laughs> never going to enjoy it really but i agree completely with what you said about just being honest and the honesty mm. is the key mm-hmm. you got to be yourself that's when I feel 
people will appreciate it more because it's mm. may not be something they particularly like but at the end of the day it's someone who's stay true to themselves and stay true to what they wanted to do and you've yeah. always got to appreciate that and most of the time if you love something so much that you're doing it has better results than something you don't like doing yeah, every industry plays off that way i mean yeah. if you look at now the guy who's popping off in music steve lacy mm. like he's doing things his own way and yeah, like 100%. i mean tiktok has a big part to play but you know that's very hurt by tiktok he's, <laughs> he's seen numbers skyrocket and he's seen them fall and he hates all of it uh, you know what annoys me is like content creation at a point was was beautiful like it was a there was a nice form of thing i just don't like how it's evolving yeah. like i like the film part and the series i just don't like the, Do you, the new quick form of content yeah with that that's actually a very good point Do you guys feel like it's even harder to draw attention to like movies and things these days like i know <coughs> big box office releases don't happen as much nowadays because of like streaming sites like your netflix your disney plus all of this people's attention spans are getting shorter because of tiktok and stuff like that does that ever like scare you guys into thinking that there's turbulence in the industry to be honest it doesn't scare me too much because mm -hmm. at the end of the day if a person loves a film to film mm -hmm. uh, they want to go watch it for me as a kid it was always an outing you know like mm. okay friday this movie's coming out all your friends will go or when mm. you're younger you'd go with the family or you go on a date to go watch the movie mm -hmm. so it's always an event something you get dressed for you leave your house to go and do so even when i watch a film at home i stick with that mentality because it's still an occasion to me yeah. mm. it's not just something i'm doing to pass the time it's not it's casual watching something i really enjoy doing and it's just an all-round experience whether you like it whether you dislike it it's something that you've decided to do and I just love it. Bro. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> I agree with them. Yeah. Especially because like the world's always going to change. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, mean, I think as well, it's like not, not even a bad thing in the grand scheme of things with like Netflix and stuff pumping out movies like that. Cause I think it gives some, a bigger platform to like the smaller directors when they're first starting yeah. off. It's like, I think <clears throat> I imagine back in the day, it was, it's so much harder than now mm. to like get into like the big bots where it's now you can go and if you go and get a Netflix deal, you can, you're one step away from becoming a big director. And I think it's like a nice platform at least that the streaming sites have now. Yeah, I agree. But the one thing that does scare me a lot as a filmmaker is with something that the streaming platforms tried to do like at hbo max and warner brothers and mm. i think it was last year or the year before where they announced every single theatrical release will come out the same day on hbo max mm. oh like yeah, yeah even with the like, black widow and stuff on disney plus they yeah, did so the same day streaming moment. so yeah. therefore people just decided because mm. people are lazier nowadays their attention spans are shorter so mm. it's just thinking why must i go out and spend money when i can just yeah if you give them an option right there they're not so, gonna leave the house exactly so that's one thing i really hope never dies because i will always hold on to those dreams of mm. going to the cinema for my release of my film because mm. it's an event everyone wants yeah. to be there everyone's going there yeah. for one single purpose you can all hate each other but at the same time you're all there for what collectively for one purpose to watch the film the film brings you together it has a certain connection that i don't feel most things do mm. You can be idly sitting next to somebody, a stranger you've never met before in your life. Something funny happens in the film. You guys will chat about it or have a quick look or laugh together or something like that. That's a connection that's special and it's brought together through film. 
That is so wild. Like literally, like I can understand that for you. Like that weird connection you get after cinema kind of thing. Like everyone's watched a movie with you, and it's like yes, and we all just sat through like these two hours together. We end, saw this all together. You hear someone behind you speaking about something, and you're like, "Oh yes, I thought the same thing." You turn to speak to them, and you just have a quick little conversation about it. But at mm. the same time, everyone's together. Everyone's in good spirits. Yeah. Where you don't get that at home. Yeah, that's very all. true. You don't get that at home. That's very true. Nice. And just back onto the film now, are you, for the directing stuff, are you planning to keep into the neo-noir thrillers kind of thing, like in the sense the mystery and this <clears throat> so style? Like or are you going to be open to... Like I said earlier, you write what you know. Mm-hmm. Naturally, when I started writing, I just found that I was a lot better with that than, for example, a, a drama or a horror or anything else like that. So I'm just, even if I set out to write something differently... I always find myself just being drawn back to that genre. Yeah. So going to be honest to myself and I'm just going to carry on writing scripts that are like that. But at one day, let's say a company comes to me and says, okay, we want you to do this film, with, um, mm. but it's a different type of genre. I feel like I could give it my own spin. It's not yeah. going to be a complete neo-noir thriller, but it's not going to be your classic version of the genre. No. It's going to have that Daniel Peterson twist to it. Yeah, I like yeah. that. That's hella dope. It's really exciting. Yeah. And in terms of like music videos and stuff as well, do you have a specific like genre that you'd want to stay in, like a specific lane? Never. Yeah. Um, I get bored really quickly yeah. like, when working on things. So I always want to keep myself interested. Mm-hmm. So like I always want to challenge myself in terms of like in everything, like um, from cinematography, I always want to do the most weird outlandish thing. So mm. that's how I feel about that. Yeah. I mean, especially going from like the shows you'd watch, like I'm a huge Twin Peaks fan, mm. um, Atlanta too. Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So that's like my... The shots in Atlanta, man. God damn. The story is even... <laughs> story, like it's so random. The, yeah. Like, what's going on? It, the post- <laughs> 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 like I think it was in season two when they speak about... Um, the guy with the invisible Lamborghini. Lamborghini, And then at the end of the series, when I think somebody gets shot in the club and everyone's running and, and then, then you the see Lambo. a guy in an invisible Lamborghini yeah. come and ride somebody exactly. over, you think, what the hell am I watching? But that's crazy. got a certain style to it. It's a postmodernistic style. Mm. So it doesn't need to make sense. Yeah. Mm. So that's one of the beauties of cinema. That's very again. true. Like as much as like when you watch that show, you're like, for some reason, you're like kind of drawn into it enough where yeah. you, like that suspension of disbelief happens. It's it's a all around perfect show in my opinion because they understand that they don't need to make sense. They follow their narrative, but very loosely mm-hmm. and true to themselves. They just do everything that they want to do. They have fun with it and then it pays off. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that I'm excited about. Um, I'll shoot, like you said, coming up with the crazy camera angles and everything outlandish is that we have a team that feels the exact same way as him. So every single time something's getting a little bit static, a little bit too boring on set, we've all agreed that the second you have an idea, obviously not during takes, but you're going <laughs> to shout it out to everyone and then we're just going to play around. We have our set shot list that we're going to follow, but at the end of the day, I want to have enough footage to make the same full twice, the same film, sorry, twice, but with completely different shots. Mm-hmm. So then That'd we'll just play so around cool. with it in the edit and just see how we feel. Mm. We just want to completely have fun. We want to make this our film. As we said, it's our graduation film. Why not try break every single boundary that we can? It's an experimental film, so we might as well experiment. Mm. Yeah, man, yeah. so sick. That's a beautiful sentiment, man. Sure. Yeah. 
when you guys planning relatively when's the uh, how, I know I spoke about the editing, but how long, when do you think it's going to be airing at cinema and where could people actually go watch it so as well? So its release date is the 16th of November at the Bioscope Independent Cinema. Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't worry, it happens to the best of us. Cut that out. Cut that out. I'm going to so do another one. We're doing another take, man. I swear. That credit removed, man. Just tell me anything you want to cut out. I'm not cutting. I invoke my right to cut that one. Welcome to Mom's podcast, man. We're even the host. Don't have the rights. God damn. Oh man, it was going so well in my head. Hey, you're killing. So I'm going to repeat myself. The 16th of November at the Bioscope Independent Cinema. Where is it? It's at 44 Stanley on the outskirts of Rom. Okay. Yeah. And then, could anyone go watch it? Or anyone it can go watch it. The yeah. tickets will be available. We'll put it on all of our socials. We'll oh, send yeah, it we to even, you guys to yeah, also please, promote. Yeah, definitely. You can just buy a ticket. The tickets aren't expensive. Last year, I think they were like 35 rand. That's nice. Oh, so you can just go with... Yeah. You've got lots of lovely restaurants outside. The They've got bars. They've got food. They've got everything mm. you want. And then, obviously, they've got the film showing all day on a consistent loop. So if you missed like an earlier screening of it, you can go to the afternoon or to the early evening. Oh, that must wow. be so beautiful yeah. to like know that your film is going to be in that sense like just surreal. a repeat thing it's, it's surreal. surreal like everything comes to fruition like all that hard work like last year <clears throat> so the first screening of the film i don't think we sat in but no, the, it, was, uh, it was the second or the, the last screening we the crew actually went and the festival actually got postponed because of covid or something oh, like that. yeah because yeah. that led to any hardships especially i mean you're studying if you're in our third year you were like peak oh, wow, yeah, peak yeah. times COVID. Not know. really we, we had that initial two-week lockdown mm-hmm. and then after that we've been on campus every single oh, day damn. oh wow that's lucky yeah but the surreal feeling that he was speaking about it it really is you you can't write it you can't explain it when we finally decided as the crew to quickly go in and um screen it with the the audience most of the time i wasn't watching the film because we've watched yeah. it so many times throughout edits and everything you sitting there and you're just like watching yeah. everyone's reactions <laughs> you see everyone's face you see them speak about a part whether it's good or bad like you can see someone even if i had to see somebody mouthing out this is fucking shit mm. i'll be like you know what? he's speaking about my movie <laughs> <laughs> that's still my movie uh, yeah. it's a completely surreal feeling but we yeah. had this great moment last well at the beginning of this year because it got postponed to this year of that film festival someone actually came up to us and said this film's amazing and they want to actually hey we appreciate it we love the north he actually wanted to uh, work with us on, and put our film in one of his local festivals and that was a yes, crazy yes, moment yeah, for I us about oh, that wow. completely, yeah. man. he came insane. up afterwards and we were just chatting shit like yeah. that was done for us we were just speaking about random things and then he actually came up to us shook everyone's hand and said your film really really spoke to me like mm-hmm. thank you for making the film and as students like yeah. man i wanted to just jump around i felt so mm. blessed that we could actually just get a narrative through to just one person yeah you know? 100%. because at the end of the day even if it affects just one person it's still job done kind job of thing done, yeah. pretty much it's it's the weirdest thing because like it's still a fulfilling feeling to make somebody feel something rather than to not hear anything back at all yeah like even like i know you joke and say <laughs> like even if somebody said like this is shit like i i think the same with our podcast like we've never been the kind of gents who want to be like outwardly controversial or want to yeah. like fuck around like we always just want to catch vibes and like 
make people feel good about it. So it would always be nice, like, rather to, I don't know, hear somebody's reaction than to hear nothing at all. Mm. All feedback is good feedback. Yeah, 100%. Because then at least you know, like, oh, this kind of person likes this type of thing or this. Does Has any feedback ever, like, made you guys, I don't know, like, get in your heads about stuff that you think is good but yeah yeah it's happened a lot um we had a script writing teacher <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> i'm because if, if, if i like, say film lecturers seem like they were like the hardest of asses kind of thing like they're hard asses actually no idea yeah that's the, thing. That's the thing. they're assholes but they label themselves as eccentric it's like oh, i can i can be an asshole today because and um she was our script writing lecturer for all three years of our degree she's re- only recently left and every single year when I've submitted my script, she said I must change the whole thing. Uh, every single year. Oh my but God. once again, I just felt that was her perspective. Yeah. After quite a couple of days thinking back on it because you finally handed it in some time, thank goodness, and you feel proud. So, man, job done. Well done to me. And then you get that feedback. <laughs> yeah. It just takes you back a couple of paces and you mm-hmm. just think, where did I go wrong? You read it over and you're like, well, maybe this isn't that good. Mm-hmm. Um, then you just realize, you know what, this is what I made. It's not what she made. Yeah. So this is also what blew my mind is that, so then you have a first and second draft that you need to hand in, in terms of them marking it. And the first drafts where we get our feedback to adjust it for the second draft. She sent that feedback through on the first draft. I didn't like it. You need to change majority of this. Too many characters. Your main character doesn't have enough um, narrative sense. It, like it's just a jumble. Mm-hmm. I changed two lines of dialogue and I got 30% more. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I would lose my shit. I'm yeah. not going to lie to you guys. Yeah, that's all it is because at the end of the day, after just thinking so long and hard about why is this bad, at the end of the day, I love making films for me. Mm-hmm. I, I would love the fact that people can share that vision with me and the feeling with me, mm-hmm. but I'm making it for myself. Yeah. I was proud of what I did. She did have some valuable critique where I could go and fix it. So I fixed one, two aspects, but overall I was very happy with what I was yeah. doing. So I just stuck to it. And then, yeah. Maybe that's the test. Maybe they fuck with you and they're like, yeah, no, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah, Change it. All and then if you stick with it, they're like, that's the way. <laughs> Stay true to you. <laughs> and there, there always will be those people that judge you. Nothing yeah. um, in, in the cinemas, even like watching a person saying like, oh, this is shit. It's like at the end of the day, you watching the movie, it's like, I'm making the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like you, yeah. can't, you can't irritate me with that. It's, yeah. it's completely subjective form. You need to prepare yourself mm. for bad, harsh feedback. Mm-hmm. I always expect worse feedback than better feedback because it's constructive. Yeah. Sometimes people are just hating on you for the sake of hating on you. But sometimes yeah. they say it actually very constructively. And yeah. you can't have that mindset where... It's like, okay, you're trying to one-up me or be stubborn about it and just not like the idea that people don't like your film. Yeah, pride, pride is the devil in that. Exactly. You just got to be able to take it. It's easier to remember the negative, you know. Mm. It's like you so stay in that. Ah, yeah. oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sort of all the negative feedback and I was like, I've not forgotten a single word of that. That's <laughs> <laughs> so much. God damn it. <laughs> this really <laughs> sucks, man. <laughs> Four pages, man. <laughs> you guys are going to go lighter, I swear. <laughs> God damn it, bro. Oh. Oh. But in terms of your guys, like, like, movie 
I don't want to say like inspiration, but like best and worst movies you've ever seen in your lives. I was even asking like quick fire of like yeah, a yeah, bunch yeah. of series and stuff. Best. It changes every day, like you said. Yeah. You mm. always think, for example, you know, Inglorious Bastards is one of my top three movies. Is it my favorite movie? Tomorrow probably, but the day afterwards, mm, mm. maybe not. Yeah. But the worst film I've ever watched. I can say worst for sure. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, well, well, okay, definitely some of the new Marvel stuff. Huh. Uh, it's ranking okay. badly. Well, I mean, all of it. Doctor Strange, yeah. Thor, Love and Thunder, and She-Hulk. No, Thor, she, Love She-Hulk, yeah, his reaction, he knows. Yeah. She-Hulk was bad, especially that final. Episode. I think yeah, I think affected. She-Hulk was subject of we were successful when you're in a rush things now. Because, I mean, compared to what it used to be, it's Marvel looks like... Yeah, they look like they're in a wild yeah. state these I days. I just think that they didn't necessarily betray their identity but when Thor Ragnarok came out it completely changed the shift for Marvel because that was mm. the first completely comedic Marvel yeah. movie we've seen and yeah. it had great audience reactions great critic reactions everyone loved it so Marvel now is just a complete comedy show mm. which isn't necessarily bad if you yeah. balance it correctly like go back and rewatch all the original Marvel movies they've still got great humor inside there but at the same time, they can be serious when they need to be serious. Yeah. And I feel that now, the second, especially in like Thor, the second <sighs> something serious, you're supposed to get that emotional value. Mm-hmm. And you diving in, you sucking, the music sucking you in, the camera sucking you in to what's happening for your character. Your character's world's breaking down. You feel kind of heartbroken for them. And then you just see like Thor's head sticking there comedically. Mm. And uh, don't say that, man. I love that movie. <laughs> I have to rethink. Because you're right. I did feel like uh, they could have lingered on certain things a lot more. Mm. But so, even then, because yeah. for me, like Gore's whole like sadness and his anger throughout, you couldn't actually feel it for most of the movie because it was like uh, overshadowed. Christian Bale was wasted in that film. Genuinely. As well, I mean, his role was like, if you look at like the actual sense of it, like the ending of it all is it's a beautiful ending. I won't spoil this in case someone's living under a rock and hasn't seen it. But just in the sense of that ending, it's like it's such a beautiful ending that was really just overshadowed by a lot of comedy unnecessarily. Yeah. Mm. But I don't want to stray too far off because the worst film I've ever watched is actually in its own way one of the best. Mm. Because <laughs> Like, you know, a Studio Universal movie, you love to watch it because it's so shit. Oh, no. Yes. Don't, yes. don't. Sharknado <laughs> 4, <laughs> baby! <laughs> Please don't tell me Sharknado. No, not Sharknado. Uh. So it's this movie called The Room. Um, not the one with Brie Larson. I was about I to say. <laughs> not, not the one with Brie Larson. Uh. I think his name was Tommy Wiseau. Um, uh. He made this movie. He was also in... He wants Tommy to become Wise- an actor. Tommy Wiseau wasn't as the oh, high mark guy. Yes. Is it high, oh, that, high mark? That's from the movie called The Room. Oh, is it the one that James Franco even did a portrayal yes, of? Yes, oh yes. my goodness. So wait, no, sorry. That one's not called The Room. It's just called Room or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But this movie is just terrible. I did uh, not hit her. Terrible. <laughs> Let me paint a picture. So when they were shooting, they had a completely quiet and accessible rooftop that they could have shot on. But instead, he spent $1.2 million. No, not one point. Don't quote me on that. He spent an exuberant amount of money on building a green screen on the roof <laughs> to shoot the roof scene. You let him do that. That's beautiful. <laughs> the problem was, he was this guy that just said, you know what? I'm going to make my own movie. Shout out to him. Well done. 
but at the same time like, maybe, so maybe, you <laughs> maybe you shouldn't have done that yeah. it was just comedically brilliant and then the James Franco movie came out because him and Seth Rogen one night were sitting and they were watching um, they were watching film at like 3 o'clock in the morning like you know we've all been there mm. when we were younger Comedy Central and George Lopez just pops up and oh, it's like the same yeah. seven episodes. hours of your life gone yeah. <laughs> so that happened and then this movie came on and then same thing like this movie is so terrible it's actually fantastic Mm. so that's what I would say is the worst movie I've ever watched mm. yeah? Cable Guy oh. <laughs> Undisputed like, why Cable Guy? that is one of the worst movies I've ever seen <laughs> what about Cable it's Guy? it's painful to watch oh. like I'm just sitting there like why? why? like you could torture someone watching that movie oh, it's just because <laughs> Jim Carrey isn't Jim Carrey isn't that type of guy or no, this I your love family Jim Carrey adult. <laughs> This loot your family hero, dude. <laughs> <laughs> My identity is based on. <laughs> no, I like um, Dumb and Dumber, the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that. Take it. Yeah, I don't mm. even want to talk about that. That's like. <laughs> no. Yeah. Sequels are terrible. For me, <laughs> it must be. For you guys, what are your worst films? I know my best. And is it Kung Fu Panda too? No, it's yes, Get Out. Get Out for me. I don't know why, but that story always not sticks with me. But. It, I don't know. I always felt it had a very powerful. I watched it like four times. Oh, genuinely, for it me, I've literally like every single powerful. time, like I saw it, I'll just keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> Traumatized after the first, didn't go back, <laughs> couldn't do it. Um, have you watched his new film? Nope. I've literally, I saw the trailer. And I've been dying to watch. It. I so I was gonna watch us. I haven't watched it yet because when yeah. I tried to watch it, I went to the cinema because for me, I'm like, yeah, I love going to the movies. It's my favorite thing. Get a slush and popcorn, live through it. I go and get my ticket to us. I'm living life. I go walk into cinema. I'm the only person there. Brilliant. Genuinely, the only person in this movie. And I'm, those, I'm, I was really scared by the trailer. I was like, let me just try it. I sit at the back by myself. No one gets in. And then it starts. I get 15 minutes. And then I hear like the, tree, the chair creaking. I was like, don't stress. I, just, I, I, I left. I felt, I felt like such an embarrassment. I was walking. The lady was like, oh, do you want it? Like... Do you want me to hold your popcorn? I was like, I'm not coming back, man. <laughs> and I still haven't got the strength to go watch it now. But I feel like one day I'll watch it. Yeah, I know it's it's quite something spectacular. His latest one, Nope. Have you watched it? No, I haven't watched it. Nope yet. is one of the craziest films I've ever watched. Mm. So it's a, a classic trope of um, this random house on a an American ranch somewhere, and then aliens come. But mm. his depiction of an alien is so different to anything we've ever seen before because normally flying saucer aliens come down bad guys i mean good guys fight the aliens mm -hmm. but in this aspect don't want to ruin too much so like just skip ahead in case you're worried i ruin it but the alien itself is like the flying saucer they think it's a flying saucer at first but the alien is a predator oh, like it's shit. this massive massive thing where they um make the assumption that it is a flying saucer but they mm -hmm. find out that it's actually just a a alien huge species, and it's a predator. Oh, and it, it's not been abducting people, it's been eating people. Oh, okay. shit. So they've got to battle a predator that's from space, effectively. Mm -hmm. And the way that they've done it was just beautiful. They used a, a really cool film technique that I love. It's called shooting day for night. Mm -hmm. So what it is is that we'll shoot it, as it is said, day for night. So we'll have our set, everything ready to go. We'll shoot the day scenes. And then what we'll do is that throughout the post-production process, we'll then layer it with different forms of LUTs and grading and everything mm. like that to make it look like nighttime. So, oh, wow. you know, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, how, beautiful. Probably one of my favorites. So you know how it, top three. at night it looks blue and has that yeah. They shot that day for night. Those scenes oh, were all shot during shit. the day. 
That's so badass. It's wild, man. Yeah. It. it changes his perspective of it entirely because, <coughs> th- like, you can immediately think, like, oh, there is something different about this nighttime compared to... But it still like, gets a point across mm-hmm. that this is nighttime. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's very beautiful. That's dope, man. Shit. Yo, I, yeah, I thought I only liked shit movies, huh? Your favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, don't skip. No, <laughs> I'm waiting for you, Because you guys seem respectable and you love films so much. And I just want you to think I'm a solid guy. <laughs> and if you could go through the reels where you nah, actually... No see. judgment. No judgment at it's, all. Man. <laughs> Maybe some judgment, but we'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. On everything. And I, I'm actually not ashamed. Fuck it, bro. Kung Fu Panda 1. That's a great film. Legitimately. I like, like, I like, no, why are we get silent? <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you think animation holds its own weight in the film world or is yeah, it without yes. a doubt without a Yo, doubt you see big this? time wait we've all seen it huh of yeah. course man oh, it's a classic what, what is it I've always wanted to, like because you've never gone to because you're just being rude to you that is, mm. I mean, what is it about it that gets you is you know it the what? story or when I it? was a kid yeah it was probably because of how it made me feel because I used to think Tai Lung was like one of the scariest fucking individuals ever. Like I literally mm. couldn't watch that movie. I would watch it like this, like with my hand in front of my face. Because I was mm. always like, this is like so terrifying. And then as I've grown up, like to see, like, I know I'm only pointing to him, but it's literally one of my main draws to the movie. But like the, watching like his come up scene and like his, like how he was treated versus to what he had to go through. And then his motivation and shit like that. Like it's so weird, like animation having such compelling characters it's a real life motivation exactly it's like a yeah. real life motivation that you not not understand that completely mm. 100% but I will say Kung Fu Panda was the best Kung Fu Panda yeah 100% the first one was the best out yes. of the all yeah, yeah, yeah. then the second one kind of was it. no the second one as well <laughs> he's going on wait until he gets into Cheetah Girls and it's a whole different ball game. <laughs> yeah, Girls, but I just like that movie because it's enjoyable Cheetah Girls yeah, number two. <laughs> We've lost Auras. <laughs> yeah. no. What fucking podcast? <laughs> no, you, you know hey what? guys, it's been good. I'll, I'll, we'll see. <laughs> Please don't hear this. You know what it is? And this is why I'm always so like, there's something for everybody. Is because I'm not the kind of person who likes like super intense, like, how do I put it? Like, you know, movies that are like Oscar bait. So like, to me, Interstellar is Oscar mm. bait. It's like, how could you also Interstellar by the yeah, no, 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 I love Interstellar. I love okay, it. I the love way it. you phrase oh, that, I, like, I didn't like movies like Interstellar. It's calm, but it's like, I'd rather watch, like, and I don't know, I don't want to say mind numbing, shit, easy, but like, easy watch, nah, yeah, get you easy the escapism, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, feel you. that's one of the also the big reasons that I got into film, yeah, mm. was for that escapism aspect yeah. because something's going on, you're having a shit day. What you want to do? Okay, let me just watch a movie. Yeah. And then the last thing you think of is like, let me watch Inception. <laughs> but my favorite movie is Die Hard. So that's oh. why I get you 100%. Best Christmas movie of all time. <laughs> Best Christmas Can't go movie. wrong with John McClane, man. Like, yeah, 100%, man. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, I just feel like, I don't know, I watch movies differently to other people. Like, I feel like I'm shitted. No, like, but that's the beauty of it. Because yeah. it's. First of all, you can't be shit at watching movies. Nah, like, clearly, because <laughs> I'm getting lucks everywhere. No, that's the beauty of it. It's because it's so subjective. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to like Kung Fu Panda. You can love Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. You can have posters in your room. That's that's your thing. I because, down. <laughs> <laughs> because it's subjective. It's yeah. for a broad aspect. If you like it, you like it. You don't like it, you don't like it. Mm, 100%. And it, that is one of mm, the raw essences of film that is just 
absolutely beautiful and like to your guys's point as well it also changes like every day like i remember i used to be very big into like rom-coms and stuff like that mm. and then i think last year like i had this big tilt and i just used to watch those old school like noir movies like yeah. the black and white detective style ones or like the hitchcock films mm, yeah. yeah and literally like those films that <coughs> she got i don't know it was just one of those things where like i, I would finish one and then i'd go to my brother and i'm like bro get me another one like because my brother's <laughs> very big into like movies and films mm. and stuff so like he knows a lot more shit than i do so i used to like want to stylize like my videos and things like that to look that certain way mm. because that was my inspiration then i don't know if you guys know an artist called nux yeah i know him yeah mm, UK. yeah, yeah. his music videos literally encapsulate every you know when somebody does something that you wanted to do mm. like you have this idea yes, yes, yes. and you're like they literally verbatim stole it from my brain yeah. <laughs> How they do it. but yeah Crazy. he literally like takes his music videos and puts them in like a noir setting yeah but keeps them modern as well which is fucking amazing yeah yeah that's like lips. That I don't want to talk anymore. David, speak about your <laughs> shit movies. <laughs> For me, I had a question because I've always actually, I, you guys have seen Tenet, right? Yeah. From a film, from a film <laughs> perspective, what did, uh, did you guys enjoy it? I like, loved it. I thought it was phenomenal. For it me, I, I loved it. I just, I don't understand like how they did it. Like it just seems like a, what's the word? A set nightmare, like a production nightmare to do. See, yeah, when you I make can't... a movie like that, you can yeah. get away with a lot. You can say, yes, it's meant to be that. Way. <laughs> <laughs> just like, what of the extras yeah. is literally running around backwards. It's like, it's backwards, <laughs> <high>, baby. <laughs> Everyone run backwards now. <laughs> yeah. no, We're going to reverse this car at 80 kilometers an hour. I don't care. It was absolutely phenomenal because it must have been a nightmare to actually mm. make and get the logistics of everything. But the concept and the execution mm. was brilliantly done because... I believe like the film represents the name. So the names of palindrome, same mm. forwards and backwards. The film, same thing can be said about the film. Mm -hmm. Everything's moving forward motion and backward motion so at ruined the same it. time. Again. <laughs> 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 I fine. get too excited when I speak about film, man. So, oh, fine. I'm sure if no one's seen it yet. Yeah. Actually, no, if they haven't seen it yet. Yeah, that's my thing. It's like if it's man. been past like three months, it's yeah. your own fault. How is that fair? Like, I <laughs> people used to do that um, to me for Game of Thrones. Oh, as well, yeah. That, that series that counts. You can binge watch a series ten years later. Oh, like, okay, okay. Series is the exception. You can't, okay. you can't spoil the series. No. no. No, you can't. I'm sorry. You say you, you, I'm saying you can't spoil films. Like, I'd be upset at you. I mean, series. Mm. I'd be fucking upset at you. If you spoiled Friends for me, I'd be upset. Oh, but what if like you're gonna get to a movie and you're like, ah, oh, it's on my list. I'm so sorry. Like I feel, I feel as well, it's like I wish, I wish we could even lie because like I swear these two would be. I would, I would not damn say watch How I Met Your Mother is like my main thing and not those. Yeah, like don't spoil your Friends. I actually like How I, I, I Met Your Mother. Met your yeah. mother. Yeah, oh, how well, I Met Your yeah. Mother, a new girl. Uh, how I Met Your Mother, by far. Huh. By far. Oh yeah, How I Met Your Mother. I think for me it's doing a series like that I think one of the coolest and biggest challenges is having it's like you were saying about making that whole world around it for those characters to work it's mm. you because the callbacks that they have they literally have to have someone there who's like oh remember in season 4 when this happened if yeah. we do a callback yes. Lily's hair is red and insane. like for me it's yeah. like I don't know how people can have like just the thought process to be like everything needs to be mapped out like hair colour how they were acting what happened there mm. Because relatively, it's like, I'm assuming they have to make the entire world. Like, that world has to exist, and then they kind of work around it. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. It's exactly how it happens. And that's... I just got very involved there. I was excited. <laughs> 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 no, <David. laughs> 
Aus Lust. It's fine, David. Do you want to talk to them about your favorite movie of all time, Cheetah Girls? That's you, buddy. You no, I'll never up. fucking admit it. I could never. <laughs> never. I, for me, I wouldn't even know where to start to like defend myself. Because you can't, guys. You can't. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Nostalgia is a strong fucking puppy, bro. I think this nostalgia yes, is is very strong, but it can often be clouded. Oh, it's crack cocaine, oh, it's, dude. Yeah, it's fully clouded. Hundred percent. That's why so many of shows are getting um, spin-offs and reboots mm. because they're playing on the nostalgia aspect. It did so 100%. well back then. So might as well do a new. Carly came back. Anna Sahar met your father. Yeah. And that needs to be thrown I, away. I refuse to watch them because they're just going to ruin the originals. Oh, and yeah. also, it's, yeah, how much, I watched How I Met Your Father and that was really just a mistake. It was bad. Yeah, I don't know. For me, it's, you know when something's know. trying too hard to be, be like that, but also very oh, yeah. different. It's like it doesn't know where it actually fits. Yeah. Does it resemble like the same identity of How I Met Your Mother? It's like if like, they were in a car crash and they had um, amnesia. That's the identity <laughs> that they were trying to get to. Trying it's to like remember. there's a faint, there's a faint <laughs> remembrance. It's like, oh, this seems like a show I used to watch, but then they lose yeah, it. And then it goes. Yeah. yeah. So, don't watch it. <laughs> Purely, don't watch it. And to the directors of that show, everybody gets criticism. You <laughs> have to be ready for some hard work. All feedback is good feedback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god. Uh, film is just it's a beautiful thing. I mean, we were in the same cinema for Batman, right? Yeah. So, oh yeah, I don't think I told you this. So, when we <laughs> I hated it. The Batman that came out, also a phenomenal mm. movie. But when we went to go watch it on opening night, it restarted like four times. Yeah. I was uh, late, so I was happy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How far did you get, like, each restart? Um, about 10, 20, 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. oh shit. I would cry. Yeah, so that opening sequence, cool. we know, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Burn, yeah. I'm vengeance. <laughs> we know. <laughs> but, um, so we were also late for the one time, for one of the times that they cut back. Yeah. And because we love film so much, we went to the projectionist and we told him, listen, this, the audio is wrong. No one can hear the audio. Meanwhile, the audio is fine. Yeah. Completely fine. It was perfect. Yeah. And he said, no one can hear the audio. And, stuff. and he said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll restart the movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> so then, went and got the popcorn and everything like that. Walked in, ah, movie started. <laughs> and thank you to that guy, whoever his name was, because he skipped the adverts for us as well. Oh, that's funny. Because apparently, <laughs> apparently everyone was so sick and tired of watching the adverts and the trailers, so we he skipped them for them. I wouldn't even know where to walk to find him to fuck with him. So like, <laughs> <laughs> are you the projectionist? You bought popcorn from me like ten minutes ago. Are you though? The same as Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. Um, the traffic going into Monte Cassino was bad. Mm. Walk in, fight scene. Okay, just turn around. Know where the booth is. Same thing. Yeah. So for some reason the audio is very bad like everyone's complaining about it okay i'll start it over again it takes oh the real out <laughs> can i tell you if i'm ever in the cinema and that happens i will literally i will go fight i'll, I'll, I'll go, go to the projection i'll find her <laughs> <laughs> they'll do it for you trust me bro. i've got experience damn that's so wild dude sure you can't miss the movies man no, no i can't bro what was the that- last movie you watched at Ooh. cinema yeah Ooh. i think it was batman if yeah, I'm not it lie. No, it was Thor. It was Thor Ragnarok. It was Thor yeah, Love and Thunder. Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. I, I regret doing that. Yeah, I also Either regret doing it. Because I was about to say, 
Batman came out last year, October. Yeah, so I like mean, a full year. I've been, I've been tr- this year. It's March, wasn't it? Yeah, it was this year. Yes, you're right. Yeah. You're right. It was originally was, supposed <laughs> to come out. Thank goodness. Uh, I, sort of, I literally thought I'd lost a year of my life. No, 2022's been long, clearly. Yeah. Because even Doctor Strange came out. It was based off of a long Halloween storyline. So they aimed to release it in October and then it got pushed to March. So my bad. The real Halloween. I digress. March. Yeah. Fucking scary. But I think it was Thor. And I think it's weird. I think he also, he gaslit me into thinking I was loving it. Because yes, when when I both walked out of the cinema, he was like, I fucking loved it. This is like the best movie I've ever seen. I was like, maybe I missed something pivotal. Because I'd enjoyed it. I loved that movie because of how it made me feel at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in terms of like where I was at that time, like mm-hmm. I feel like a lot can be said about just where you are in life when you watch a certain film. And then just watching it, I was like, I, there was th- certain things I was critiquing, but then I was like, put it in the back of your head, bro. Like this made you feel good mm-hmm. like while you were watching it. Yeah. Like there's a lot of times where I feel like my adulthood fucks with my enjoyment of things. So totally. that's called a value charge. <clears throat> so that's something oh. that a filmmaker always looks out to do that is kind of the the bible of your whole film like mm-hmm. it even tops the narrative it's what do you want this film to convey yeah and at the end of the day if that's what Taika Waititi wanted if he wanted people to just feel really good after the film he achieved his goal as a filmmaker yeah. but however <laughs> <laughs> 10 minutes in that film I was like yeah I wasted money oh, oh, no. for this that to come on Disney Plus value charge 70 bucks a month man <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah James, no. thank you so much for pulling through. Guys, thank you very much Thanks for having us. I feel like it's yeah. been a very different episode for us, but a dope one. Yeah, yeah. I feel I like just to people yeah. who are passionate about what they do has been like a real like inside and fucking delight, bro. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah, man. So for those of you who didn't get it earlier, Schizo, 16 November at the Bioscope Independent Cinema. Nailed it. Nailed it. All the links will be in the bios. And <laughs> That's the one you cut out. Yeah. But yeah, we'll be putting all the links in the bios and as well, close towards time, we'll be getting, I don't know, I'm looking at that camera. <laughs> Fuck, I'm so stupid. <laughs> How's it, are you guys? Your media train. Come yeah. on, baby. And we'll be promoting it as well with you guys. So get ready for the 16th of November. Skits up. Yes, boy. Thank you. And as always, keep, keep vibing out. Anyway. He's not going to cut the camera until somebody does something that satisfies him. It's just like she'd like get up and act like we're done. You have to act like there's no longer a podcast happening because he always does this. It's fucking jarring. (laughs) Behave, please.